passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, Gerard Powers. Gerard. Ooh, that was a crazy weekend of football uh, all the way around the board, not just for the Indianapolis Colts, but the NFL in general. What was your general take of uh, the NFL games this week? I thought it was fun. I thought it was uh, interesting. Uh, some games came down to the wire. Uh, some people mad already. Some people happy already. So, you know, it's typical NFL football and the storylines are uh, about to start getting going, but uh, I thought I thought it was ex- exciting, especially the games that came down overtime, field goals, there's missing. Uh, I, I thought it was exactly what we needed for week one as fans of football. Absolutely. A uh, lot of really, really close games that people did not expect to be close. Not just Colts versus Texans, which we're going to get to in just a moment. But the Steelers and Bengals, you know, where the Steelers end up winning, right, in overtime, they were able to actually get a field goal in that game to win. Um, and and the Giants and, and the Titans came down to a very close end game right there where somehow the Giants come away with a victory. There was a lot of great games in there. Uh, besides the Colts and, and, and Texans, which game did you – think probably was one of the better ones that 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 was played uh that's a good question uh right now so far i'm I'm gonna still say the bills uh bills and the rams games is is my favorite of all of them so far just um to start the season off to see a good team really you know back up the the preseason hype i guess with the bills and then see rams you know, defending champions kind of struggle a little bit. So it's kind of cool to see them get better and better week in, week out. But I, I was flipping back and forth uh, with the Steelers and Cincy game. And Cincy, uh, it looked ugly for Cincy. Joe Burrow, four interceptions. Um, the Steelers' defense looked phenomenal. And then you look at the score, and it's still a three-point game, six-point game. Uh, so they, they had a, a, a crazy end to their game that uh, it was kind of exciting to watch as well because you just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and the, speaking of that Steelers game, that might have been uh, what I what uh, some of my followers would call a blood game because they may have lost their best player on the entire team uh, yeah. with JJ Watt possibly tearing a peck. That's, no, that's not. Not to huh? cut you off, I'm sorry. That's crazy. When uh, I was watching the game and the play, he got hurt. You can kind of read his lips and say he think he tore his peck. So, oh, kind of, kind of, kind of crazy to see that. Oh man, that's that's awful. 
awful. I've, I've seen guys do that in the weight room, and it's it's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. Well, before we get into the game, um, I just want to remind everybody that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, obviously, there is a lot to clean up, uh, especially with the Indianapolis Colts offense. We'll get into the offense later. Uh, being that defense is like your serious sec, uh, like, you know, that's your cup of tea. I want to know what you think of how the Colts defense performed in yesterday's matchup. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say they performed bad. I'm not going to say they performed great. It was kind of uh, a decent game, a, a decent start. Yeah, we left tight end open a couple of times, and that's kind of the weaknesses when we're talking about cover three scheme. Uh, the, the, those are the weak areas as the tight end up the scene, but it looked like a little communication issue uh, on those two touchdown passes. I mean, but other than that, when you go back and you just look at the facts, man, I mean, you hold them for under 300 yards total. You know, they go for 299 total, 77 yards um, uh, running the ball on the ground, and then only 240 passing. Uh, so, yeah, we need to clean some stuff up. But when you look at the stats, I mean, those are the type numbers you kind of want to, to see at the end of the day. That, that means there was, wasn't many explosive plays. I thought Stephon Gilmore looked phenomenal. Uh, I thought Kenny Moore had a couple bad calls against him, but he looked great in coverage as well. Uh, so I thought I thought the defense, you know, it might not have been the the, the greatest of games uh, because we didn't see the turnovers and the splash plays, and you know our best player is still not out there. Uh, but I thought it was a solid start uh, as far as going out there and want to kind of keep the offense at bay. I mean, um, Houston didn't look bad, man. They they look like a well coached football team. They look like they're progressing uh, compared to what they looked like the year before. So I mean that that game right there was uh, a little tougher than I expected. Uh, I I seen the when I was watching, I knew that you know this team it didn't have a lot of superstar players on it, mm -hmm. but I knew that they were like you said a well coached team with a bunch of guys that could do their job. Um, I, I expected the this the Texans to score some. I mean, I I put them up what seventeen in my prediction. Uh, so I, I was close to what they were going to to score. At twenty one, you almost hit it. Yeah, it, it was close. It was close. Um, but what surprised me, in all honesty, uh, for our defense, which is a a pleasant surprise, which I can't say a whole lot. There was a whole lot of pleasant surprises in this game for me. Uh, was that the Colts' run defense did so well? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the Colts on average only gave up three yards a carry on the day. Right. That is that that is definitely winning against the run, right? Especially especially when you know that this is a team that's going to try to run the ball when they have, you know, this special rookie running back that has had so much acclaim early on, got a lot of touches already, mm -hmm. and they came out there and they performed very well. I agree with you. 
I didn't like that uh, pass interference call on Kenny Moore. I didn't see him actually grab the arm. I thought his hand was open and and, and out. Uh, I could see how a referee would see that and think he was holding the arm back, but uh, it didn't look like he was actually doing that. I think that was just a bad call. Yeah, uh, bad call, bad position for the ref that made mm-hmm. the call or whatnot. I just wish the NFL would kind of let wide receivers and DBs play fair at the end of the day. I think everybody knows it's an offensive league. Uh, most calls are going to go the offensive way, but – I mean, if you only knew how hard it is to play DB in this league, some of that stuff, man, you just kind of got to let it go uh, just because they're already at a disadvantage anyway. But I thought Kenny Moore, even though some people might complain, you had two penalties or whatever the case may be, I thought he had a solid game in coverage, though. And uh, Yes, definitely. I thought I thought that for the most part, uh, like you said, I mean, you hold them under 300 yards total for the day. And that's that's good. That's that's very good for a defense. Um, however, offensively, when you have over 500 yards, you should score more than 20 points. <laughs> and that that was going to be my take on today and about the game. Yeah, we didn't start the way we probably wanted to start. But, you know, we talked about it. We talked that everything was going to run through JT. Of course, at the start of the game, teams are loading the box. Teams know who getting the ball, you know, so it takes a little time, a little rhythm for JT to get going. And as the game went on, you saw holes starting to open up. You see JT starting to run free a little bit more and uh, do what he does. And I thought Matt Ron did a good job in being a game manager. And then when it was time for him to make some throws, he made the throws that we needed to get back into the game. Um, Michael Pittman, we talked about it, man. I mean, he 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 put his foot down. He he stepped up as, hey, I'm the guy. Feed me the ball, and you know, I'll I'll hold, I'll I'll put this wide receiver group on my back, you know, until somebody else can kind of step up and carry the load. But I think the gist of everything, after looking back on it, you saw exactly what you kind of expected to see. You just wish that we would have kind of took advantage of some of the 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 goal line opportunities like I didn't like the fourth down call down there in the goal line when we went wildcat I didn't like that at all if we're going to run the ball and we're down there let's give it to our best player you know and not to take anything from Hans but other than that you know like you said yeah we needed to be sharp in some areas but when you look at the stats at the end of the uh, end of the day and those are the facts I mean, over 500 yards on offense, you know, it, it looked kind of simple and easy, but when you rack all those easy throws that Matt Ryan is making and guys are getting extra yards, I mean, those those type things add up. So I think that it's a lot of positives, even though we didn't see, I, I guess, the sharpness that we expected to see. Going back to that Wildcat call, <clears throat> from a defensive perspective, there's no quarterback out there. You got You got running backs. Well, Matt Robbins at the wide receiver position. Come on, right? Uh, When you're sitting there looking at that, is the front seven basically just firing at the closest running back? Is 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 that like a green light to just go go? Go get now, go get the running backs. As a as a defense, you practice for that. Uh, I'm pretty sure they had a, a specific check or call for the wildcat situation because this is not the first time we've seen Hans do uh, mm-hmm. this before. So you go over all those type of things as a defense. So I'm pretty sure when uh, we came out in that offensive set, it was a, a specific check defensively that was ready for that. And we know that as well. We know that the defense is going to check and do all those things. It just wasn't blocked up correctly. I thought it was – uh, like fourth and three. I thought it was too too long for that play. Now, if it was a fourth and one, I mean, fourth and goal on the one-yard line, something like that, maybe 
Uh, but if it's, it's if it's fourth with at least three to go and we're going to run the ball, I would rather JT be in the game or JT at the Wildcat position uh, and him and him taking that carry instead of Hans. Even though I thought Hans had a good game, though, he showed what he can do at mm-hmm. the wide receiver position and his touches. But at that point, we're talking about a bruiser. I mean, JT all day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, you you talked about earlier. I mean, he's the best player on the offense. He goes out there and he just he he just dominates. He uh, six yards of carry today uh, or yesterday, and really put the team on his shoulder throughout the entire game. Really uh, went out there multiple times. There were situations where you thought for sure he was stuffed at the line or behind the line, and still found ways to get positive yardage. Uh, do you think uh, this is a situation where the Colts will continue to lean on Jonathan Taylor, you know, heading into uh, next week's game against Jacksonville and, and, and on until, you know, obviously some of these mistakes can be cleaned up? Man, we're leaning on Jonathan Taylor every week, every single week, as long as Jonathan Taylor is healthy. Expect him to get 25 to 30 touches a game, 20 to 25 touches a game. I mean, I know uh, he had 30 carries or whatever it was this past week. You don't want that to continue, but just touches, period. He's going to touch the ball 20, 25. Some games, if he needs 30, he'll do 30. It's just like um, yesterday. If he don't get those touches, I mean, what are we doing offensively? You know, like some games, it's just like, no, if he got the game going, let's give it to him every time until they stop him. So I expect every week the game plan to be everything's going through JT. And if it continue, if he continues to have the success that he's been having the past two years, um, that is going to allow more one-on-one situations for Pittman, more one-on-one situations for Alec. Uh, I know everybody's probably worried about Alec a little bit. First game as a rookie, they had one camera view where he took his helmet off and he was getting attended to on the sideline. And you can kind of just see the big eyes a little bit. Uh, And that happens, man. First game, uh, a lot of excitement. I mean, you're playing against the best. That's what we talked about last pod. I mean, it's your first go at the best in the world, man. And these guys was ready to go. Uh, He had a couple opportunities. I'm pretty sure he wished he could have took advantage of but hey learning curve I would rather it happen now than happen late in the year so I still like our group going forward 17 had a couple big catches late in the game Uh, 16 had a couple opportunities as well so we had guys open we had guys in the right spot we just had a couple miscues um, you know uh, on the offense to where if those plays happen if Alec catch that touchdown pass and 16 hold on to that ball in the back of the end zone I think our conversation be a little different about the offense, you know, than it is now. So I'm still positive going forward on what these guys can do. Yeah, the Alec Pierce hit where he gets sandwiched uh, and then the helmet-to-helmet connection and then the personal foul. Uh, He's on the sideline. We noticed later in the game, he's still on the sideline. He's got his helmet. So I'm assuming he passed the concussion protocol because they would take your helmet away, right? Yeah, take your helmet until you pass it. Yeah, yeah. So he must be good. Uh, You know, we don't have to worry about him in in concussion protocol. Just, you know, just for those of you who are worried about that, I just wanted to give you that that information that we saw during the game. Uh, Alec did drops. I mean, he had rookie moments in this game, right? He did. Uh, Doolin didn't secure that pass. 
a good play by that defender, but he yes, got it was got to secure that one. Yeah, yep, sure. yep, right there. He had it. He had it. He just he left it down there, you know, in his lap rather than bringing it up and securing it. And that's what I mean by securing. Like he had the catch made, but he got to he got to know that the defender is going to continue mm. to try to make a play on that ball. Absolutely, so. a great. Speaking of great plays by defenders, boy Jerry Hughes that's come. Oh my goodness, he come off that jumped up, tipped the pass to himself, and I'm telling you, I'm watching that. If he had not done that, that's a touchdown. There was nobody in front of Jonathan Taylor on that screen pass. And you you talked about it, uh, well, just mentioned it earlier. You was like, hey, man, the Texans don't got really, you know, a lot of superstars, but a lot of good football players. And look, Jerry Hughes has been one of the best pass rushers in the league for years now, ever since he's been with the Bills and left mm-hmm. the Colts when he got traded or whatnot. He's been, uh, you know, a, a guy that's always been making plays. So to see him get a pick, get a, a sack, almost get a strip, uh, recover his own fumble and all that. I mean, this these guys had some good players on that field, man, that that knew how to play good football. So it was a, definitely a good challenge and it seemed – like Houston is definitely heading in the right direction and getting the, getting those ba- uh, guys back on the level that they used to be. Excuse me. Wow. Bless Matt Ryan had four fumbles. Uh, I think three of them were center quarterback exchange issues. Mm-hmm. Is that something that fans need to worry about in the future, or is that something that got fixed that, on the ride ride home yeah, that, that got cleaned up on the ride home i'm sure uh, <laughs> matt ron is he probably that's probably one of the the things that he's not happy about at all is those little miscues because that's all you know that affects the timing that affects you know everything in the offensive play when you're not you know getting the exchange the correct way from the center and the quarterback position so i expect that to get cleaned up that won't be an issue going forward that should definitely get cleaned up and we should see that uh jacksonville this next week so with all the miscues uh, and, and mistakes that the offense did, as a defensive player, is there ever a time when a defensive player feels like, hey, you know what, I should go over there to the offensive side and give some words of encouragement when they're just having a really bad day and can't seem to get things going? Yeah, it can happen, especially when you get the – if you got the team chemistry and the team bond and the leaderships that do that naturally. I mean, if you watch that Bills game on Thursday, you know, that game didn't start so hot for the Bills offense. And then all of a sudden you see the Bills defense come in the game and they're getting turnovers and you see the offense energy just change just off of what the defense was doing. So I'm pretty sure there was some words of encouragement going back and forth just to help each other out. And I'm sure it's the same thing that's happened on our sideline as well. Um the one thing that you you can't do as a you know player on either side of the ball is criticize the other side. You know, you can't get frustrated and show it in the heat of the moment because everybody know that everybody's out there is trying their best to do their job the best way that they can uh, in order to get a win. So you don't want to see people criticizing each other from uh, either side of the ball. But uh, I'm I'm pretty sure with some words of encouragement, trying to get each other uh, ready to go when they they uh, step out on the field. So I think I think it's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one player, the uh, complete reverse. Okay, we talk about how the this Colts offense was not good the first three quarters. I mean, they were down seventeen points with eleven minutes left in the game, right? Uh, that's that's not a good position to be in. But there was one player that was actually playing very good uh, on the team the first three quarters of the game, and then the fourth quarter in overtime 
really stunk it up on the field. And that was our kicker, right? Uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. He was, he was kicking the ball into the end zone on kickoff. He was making his field goals. And then three kicks back to back to back. Out of bounds on a kickoff. Out of bounds on a kickoff. And then shanked it hard to the right uh, on the game-winning field goal. Um, what what are your thoughts about Rodrigo Blankenship and the situation that he went through yesterday? Kick, the kickers have a tough job. I will say that. They do have a tough job, and it's a lot of eyes on them now. Uh, you see what's going on in the league right now. I'm pretty sure if um, it happens two weeks in a row, you'll start seeing kickers – kind of going to other teams, getting fired or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, when guys work so hard, you expect kickers to make kicks that they should should make. And those kicks that, you know, Blankenship guy, he's a talented kicker. I mean, he's been talented ever since his college career at Georgia. So uh, we know the guy has talent. It's just about execution at the end of the day because there's no other – I guess, faults that you can kind of, you know, put that on unless it's a bad snap, bad hold. But it, it looks like everything was kind of in place and you got to kind of nail that execution. Uh, but what's funny is, uh, you know, you look around the league and, you know, I always, you know, brag or, or joke with, with people that DBs are the most talented group as far as athleticism in the world. And then you look at the Chiefs and Eric Reed Jr. Uh, is is kicking off and kicking extra points. And he's the starting safety. Uh, so it was, and he's kicking them out of the end zone. He's kicking, you know, he's just doing things. So I was like, all right, blinking shit. You know, you miss a couple in practice. I'm pretty sure it's a DB that's dying to get on the field. And <laughs> make a kick or two, so you might have to look into that. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, um, we had uh, uh, a safety that was punting when uh, the the day after our, you know, Sanchez went down uh, with the his injury and uh, he was he was punting, but he wasn't punting well. Right. He, he was punting OK, um, like better than your average guy, but not pro wise at all. But yeah, there's definitely guys out there. There's definitely guys out there. And there's a lot of talk. Fire Blankenship now. You don't fire someone over one bad game, right? I mean, that's that's not something you yeah. do. No, nah, not unless it's something that's been going on all training camp, all practice. You're missing them. Unless it's something like that. No, nah, but the next opportunity he gets, you know, he's going to have like that, that, I guess that rope get a little shorter and shorter once you're missing them when it when it counts. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think I don't think he'll get fired after the the first game. But if it happened the second game, I'm pretty sure that conversation or that that hot seat to start getting warm a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we 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 even saw it back a few years back when we had the best to ever do it, and he was missing right when Adam Vinatieri, you know, near the end of his career started having issues. You know, it took a while, like. Mm -hmm you know, about six games, but that conversation finally came up and the move was made, right? So uh, with Blankenship, he's he's not on that tier. Uh, so uh, as you said, that, that rope is a lot shorter than, yeah. than, than, than that situation. What are some things that the Indianapolis Colts, if you were the coach right now, that they would begin practicing this week? Not just, not just, I, I understand that you're practicing to prepare for Jacksonville. Is there anything, when you have a game like you had on Sunday, is there stuff that you practice to clean up or are you just, 
that's gone. We're moving on. I mean, you're going to move on for sure. 24 hour rule. I mean, at the end of the day, you didn't lose the game. You didn't win it. You tied it. It is what it is now. So now we got to watch the film, make our corrections and move on. But the one thing that I think coaches around the league, including ours, is going to continue to do these first few weeks is preach the fundamentals. Like I said, this is the first time these guys, a lot of these guys are, you know, going against, you know, like guys, you know, number one caliber guys. So the game is a lot faster once the season starts. It's not preseason anymore, you know, so the speed is a little different. So you might see missed tackles here and there. You might have a communication issue just because you're not, you know, I guess getting the, the play call out in time. And it's not just not players. I'm pretty sure the coaches had some miscues on the sidelines just from a communication uh, standpoint that might affect the guys on the field as well. So you're just trying to clean up all the things that you can really control, all the things that you can control on a day-to-day basis and everything else will play out, play out the way it's supposed to play out. What are your thoughts watching <clears throat> this team offensively at the wide receiver and tight end position right now in week one from what I was looking at I was seeing guys it seemed like there was separation and stuff happening there was just you know mistakes you know drop balls and things like that there there's still uh plenty of I think talent uh, at wide receiver and tight end we just they they need to clean some of those small things up yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think um, I think the group showed that that they can play. I think the group showed that you know within this system they can get to their spot to get to where they need to need to get to. Like I said, if we catch a couple of the balls that you know we dropped or overthrow or whatever the case may be, our conversation is completely. Uh, different about the offense so it's just about cleaning up when your opportunity comes taking advantage of it being where Matt expects you to be uh, you know just doing the little and the right things and I think everything else will play out I mean when you watch Matt Ryan uh, play yesterday I even though we were down and it looked like things weren't going you know the way that we wanted them to go I respected the fact that it seemed like he stayed with the plan he stayed within his routine he wasn't trying to do anything out of his ability, you know, to force things or to, you know, put the put the team in a, a deeper hole by taking a chance here. It seemed like he just knew if we just execute a little bit better, we'll get back into this game. And then when you watch that fourth quarter and you watch the ball coming out fast, the ball coming out quick, people making the tough catches. Um, now the, the defense is kind of trying to play coverage now, and then we're giving it right back to JT and he's hitting another hole. It balanced itself out once the game got going and guys, I guess, started to feel a little bit more comfortable. We're just going to have to find guys that's going to be willing or be able to make the big catches when they count in a contested situation. Uh, you know, those type of things. And I think that'll come. But like I said, if we catch a couple of those balls and, you know, a couple of those plays go the other way, our conversation is a little different this week about the offense than, you know, what it is now. We just started slow, and that's been our knock you know, for for the past seven years or eight years or whatever the case may be. We started slow again. We're just happy we didn't get a loss because of our slow start this time. Yeah, definitely. At least at least that curse is over with. Uh, a tie is not a loss, right? Um, Until we look back on it week 14, like, damn, that tie is going to, you know, keeping us from being in this position or that position. So we hope it don't come back to hurt us well a tie could also get you in the playoffs or not get you in the playoffs right so you know that's that's a big deal uh right now they're leading the division because of a tie and instead of a loss so uh which is weird thing to say uh 
moving back to the offense with uh, the offensive line, um, the yeah. left tackle was a musical chair position uh, yesterday. If you didn't notice, I did. Matt Pryor started the game, then Ryman came in, then Pryor come back in. It was kept they kept flipping between the guys. What does that say about that position and and the guys that are that that, that are there? Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't sure if somebody were getting you know banged up or needed a blood. Like I'm not. I'm not sure what was the situation going on, but I I do know Matt Ryan was under duress a little bit, <laughs> you know, in that game. So uh, I was expecting our O line to be a little bit you know, better in pass protection a little bit. But, um, you know, like you said, first game, maybe they're trying to figure out rotations, who plays the best together. Uh, but you normally don't see, you know, your left tackle being subbed in and out, you know, like that. So that's, that's kind of a concern for me going forward. I wonder what's the situation uh, with that. Yeah, definitely. Again, like you said, it could have been just, you know, maybe Pryor got banged up, he come out, he had to put Ryman in for a few and then got banged up again later because it happened twice where, right. where that happened. So uh, that was that's that's a concern. I, and and no one asked him. That's the thing, you know. Why didn't why wasn't you know Reich asked about that during the the, the post game presser? That's that's something that seems like it would be an important thing to ask about. Right. Uh, I don't think we had any injuries in this game. If I, I mean, I, didn't, I don't remember seeing any. I don't. I. You know, it's always something that can pop up, uh, but I don't I don't remember seeing anything that could have been like, you know, a guy that's about to miss significant amount of time. But it's always stuff that pops up. But it was a good thing. I think everybody came out clean. That's that's always a positive, uh, especially with this team uh, in recent years. It seemed like every time you play a game, you got three, four guys on the list. Right. right the next day. Right. Um, so this is this has been a very. Positive. uh season slash preseason thus far in that aspect for the Indianapolis Colts. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, your overall thoughts for the game. Um, I know that you, you've talked about, we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. Actually, I'm going to move that around a little bit. Have you been in games where in a game like situation like like yesterday like uh early you got a young brand new fresh team and they're having problems with connection could, could, could you maybe take us back to a situation like that in your in your time playing uh football uh, if i had to say um I don't know if I had a situation. I know defensively, when I got to Arizona, we were young. I was the oldest in the room, uh, and I was on my fifth year. And I think Patrick Peterson was like year three. Tyron Matthew was year one. Tony Jefferson was year one. Like, I had a real, real young group. And I remember uh, communication was like one of the main things we were concerned about at the start of the season just because a couple of the guys just weren't used to that level of communicating uh, and, and having a responsibility to uh, kind of tell someone else what they have to do as far as checks or calls or whatever the case may be. So I remember going that that preparation week, uh, coaches was like overly emphasizing, you know, to our secondary group about how we got to communicate because they didn't just they didn't trust the young guys just yet. So it was a lot of onus put on me. It was a lot of onus put on uh, Rashad Johnson. 
who was also a fifth year safety at the time. So um, I remember the feeling during the week, but we did we never had that issue uh, within the game. Everybody was always on the same page. So, do you see that more often where the offense is more kind of you know having? issues you know doing the small things as compared to a defense I mean I understand there's like like small things like for defense you have like uh, tackling I I guess you know fundamental tackling issues things of that is it more common to see those fundamental lacks in, in on the offense than the defense I think when it comes to the offense, what slows them down a little bit or what make them have mistakes is every offensive player is like thinking. Uh, defense, everybody's just reacting. You know, um, defenses are – it's easy to – I ain't going to say it's easy to learn a defensive system, but it's not as hard as learning a complex offensive system uh, to where you got multiple checks, you're reading things, you got to be on the same page with this guy, you got to talk to this. Like, it's so much going on on offense on every different level uh, to where on defense, you make one simple call. I might not have to say a word to a defensive lineman or a linebacker. It, it, it might not have to be in communication just because of the simpleness of the call or the responsibility where on offense, every single play, everybody's talking and everybody has to be on the same page. So when offenses start the season, unless, you know, you got this veteran group that's been in the system for years and, you know, it's clockwork. You look at the Kansas City Chief, it looks like clockwork. But you, where your core guys know the system like the back of their hand, they've, they've had the same coach, you know, for the past six years or however long. So with us, it's, it's, it's what's slowing us down or making us make a little mistake stakes here and there is probably because guys are thinking, you know, they're, they're trying not to mess up. They're trying to be in the right spot. They're trying to remember where to go and things like that. You have a young group, uh, even Matt Ron, not saying that he's a young guy, but he's in a new system for the first time. So he is still, he might be a little half second late on things or remembering things or trying to uh, make sure everybody's on the same page. So I think when you got a new group, uh, far as from your core, uh, when it comes to either side of the ball, you're going to have those, I guess, uh, issues in the, in earlier in the year because a lot of times it's your first time seeing or going through or experiencing something with a guy to where you haven't even had this happen yet, you know, within y'all, within training camp, within the preseason game. Oh, this scheme hasn't popped up yet. You know, it's the first time we've seen it or the first time I've heard or whatever the case may be. So you would think, Next week, we will look a little faster. The week after that, we're going to look even more faster. Just guys getting more comfortable and knowing their roles and knowing exactly what to do. Speaking of that, what's your level of concern right now with the uh, the team in general? Um, I'm not. You know, uh, I know we were supposed to beat the Texans. I know that. I know we were supposed to beat them. I, I was having a Twitter exchange with Glover Quinn, and, uh, and he was talking like for them that it feels like a win just because they wasn't expected, you know, to win. And then you look at the Colts, we're considered a good team. You know, people got some high expectations for us this year. Uh, But even though it's disappointing that we ended that that as a tie, as, I guess, ugly as our offense started for three quarters or whatever the case may be, the fact that we were able to come back and be in position to win the game – you know, I'm looking at that as a positive with all these new faces and Jonathan Taylor didn't even touch, get a preseason snap. And this is his first time doing like, you know, a wide receiver room. We don't know who's going to step up. You know, it was a lot of questions going into this game. And for them to find a way to uh, 
get some magic going, get some energy going late, you know, that might carry on to the next week and the next week and the next week. So if I was concerned and I had to put it on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being the highest number that I can be concerned with, I would probably say four, three, you know, it's still early. I thought, I thought we still played some good football and some situational stuff to where we really needed it. Like, yeah, I know we wish, I wish we would have started faster, but the, to see the guys click and find ways to get back in a game to where I thought it was over as well, shit, that's a that's a positive sign as well. Absolutely. I mean, uh, let, let, let's face it, all right? Through, through three quarters of this game, the Colts did not play well enough to even tie this game, let alone win it, right? right. So uh, for them to end up walking out with a tie, uh, obviously I have to take it, but, you know, I, I kind of feel like I almost, you know, didn't deserve it i am too i'm a little disappointed as well but uh i'll be if if we look the same versus jacksonville i'll be really concerned so there you go all right wait to answer that next week i do i do agree with you about the whole they finished the fourth quarter and overtime pretty strong they looked pretty good They, they they looked to have cleaned up a few mistakes outside obviously as we talked about the kicker situation if they can carry that to next week mm-hmm. that will be a very positive note for us and because we're going to need them to start playing very well and clicking on all cylinders because you know obviously they're not thinking ahead of next week but the week after that is a pretty darn good team we have to play so we right. got to get things fixed uh for this week especially um week. any any uh, any final words you want to talk about before we end this uh, show? No, nah, I do think we'll get better, though. I'm, I'm with you. I think next week it'll look better. But it's going to be a tough game. I mean, Jacksonville is no you know pushover by any stretch. That defense looked sharp you know, versus the commanders and Carson Wentz and the roller coaster that he took the Washington commanders on on Sunday. So I think it's definitely going to be a tough game on Sunday as well. Absolutely. All right. So we will be back this Thursday to break down the preview for that specific game. So make sure that if you're listening to this on whatever um, place that you listen to podcasts, go ahead and subscribe and download it, share it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that like button, share it as well. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. That was Gerard Powers. Thanks again for coming. Uh, This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet online and as usual have a good one go Colts do you believe thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube